Hello everybody, welcome to Warrior Within First Responder Mental Health. Today's episode is brought to you by Burnt End Woodworks. Making all your stuff out of rustic pine to create a memorable and authentic piece of woodwork. We thank them for their donation of equipment. If you would like to donate to the podcast, you can reach me through email or messaging on Facebook on the First Responder Mental Health page. Well, today we're going to get right into a conversation of trauma versus tragic and where first responders walk that really thin line and where something tragic can become our trauma when it's not meant to be our trauma um, when I first got into law enforcement my one of my mentors Jared Brown he, he would always remind me it's not your emergency and throughout my career, I carried that. And a lot of that is a 100% facts. It's not your emergency. The gruesome, the, you know, you, you go to a call and you end up seeing a gruesome scene. Uh, guy's got his head thumped or whatever may be the call. I'm not trying to get too graphic. Um, and the next thing, you, that, that's tragic to us. And that's, as first responders, I think we need to start evaluating where we're going and how we're seeing things um, based off of that. You know, a trauma, trauma happens to us. And then tragedy, tragedy, ugh, I can't even talk, something tragic um, gets burned into our mind because we as law enforcement officers firefighters or whatever we're here we carry the mentality of we're here to save the day and that we we are the problem we're going to go solve the problem we're not we're not the problem we're the problem solver and we're going to be able to carry ourselves through all this stuff and let it pour off of us like water on a duck's back and that's really not where we're at that's That's where we're not. That's where we don't need to be. Because we carry... We go to a scene... For example... I'm kind of rambling. <clears throat> we're going to go to a scene... And it's a homicide. And it's a pretty... Laid out... I mean, it's a pretty big deal. And the next thing we know... We feel so sorry... That that individual... We have... No longer have empathy. We have sympathy... And we start carrying all those guilts that we're not able to solve this homicide or because I wasn't on patrol in this area, this happened. And, and those guilts start piling up and then we carry them and then we don't seek any conversation. We don't seek no therapy. We don't have a debrief. We don't, we don't have any of that. And now our tragedy has become our trauma. Are you following? 
you, I guess in a way you could, you know, I'm sitting here looking at it and I'm just like, well, you can look at everything like tragedy. And in a lot of ways you can, you know, unfortunately some of the guys in this line of work are going to have to face a decision, go home or take a life. Some guys are going to come into this line of work and they're going to see things with children that'll make them go home and hug theirs tighter or you go home and you look at your child and you see the child in the ER. It's this shit gets in us and it just weighs us down and carries us pretty deep. And uh, so that's where I wanted to talk today about the trauma and the tragedy. You read a couple of articles out of Kansas City. Some guys, uh, gentleman is a assistant administrator or something to the chief of fire up there, fire chief. And he writes, you know, that we carry our tra- carry this tragedy as our own, and never seeking a way to release this tragedy. And that really set home with me because I'm just like, man, yeah, because the child sex crimes that I've investigated, those weigh really heavy on you. They, man, they are, they're really tight. They, uh, it's almost a trigger just thinking of, just kind of reminiscing it. It's, um, anyways, was that my trauma? Or was that my tragedy? And today I'm able to sit here and say, as bad as it was, they were. As my tra- that was my tragedy. That became my trauma, because I felt guilty that this child was going through this, uh, because I was unable to whether it be through the judicial systems or catch a break on the investigations or, or whatever, you know, um, uh, you start to feel guilty because these children, are, they've already been victimized. And then the next thing you know, we're poking and prodding all over them, asking them a thousand questions, putting them through all this stuff, which is supposed to be overall more healthier for them in the long run where they don't get re-victimized but we drag them through the mud so we can build a case anyway um, just my thoughts on that aspect real quick anyway so we we get into this we carry the trauma or the tragedy but I also believe a lot of officers first responders firefighters dispatchers Whatever role you put on, I think it's our top A personalities to come in and solve the day. Be the heroes, because that's what we want to do. That That's what we feel that we're called to do. It's what we feel that we're, we just, we got to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. We got to do it. And that's probably more true now than ever, because nobody wants to be the police. Nobody wants to work in a jail. Nobody wants to dispatch. So that's probably the true, more true now than ever. But as we deal with the tragic stuff in our day to day, 
law enforcement officers, if some of you guys are new to law enforcement or thinking about getting into law enforcement, this is not to detour you. This is to uh, kind of make you self-educated and aware. But you, will, the, the new guys, you're going to see more tragedy in the first year of your career than a normal citizen will see in their whole life. That's just facts. Um, you, you, in dealing with that, so how you learn how to deal with your stress, how you learn coping mechanisms, being able, I honestly think that this generation is probably more verbal. Uh, they probably talk more about their feelings than any gener. You know, I grew up um, in the in the 80s and 90s and you know my my raising came from the guys in the 70s and 60s and you don't talk about your feelings you don't talk you're a man you man the hell up and go about your business you smash your finger you grab it yell shit and wrap a fucking band-aid around it or in my case wrap duct tape or black tape around it and go back to work you don't let it stop you and guys now, I think, are more capable, more in tune with their feelings, more in touch with, hey, this is how I feel. But also, with that being, I mean, that's great that they are, but there's also a lot of the stigma of the first responder is not allowing these guys to open up for the, the fear of being... Um, I guess you would say not maybe not an outcast, but the fear of being ridiculed or put to the side or not seen as one of the guys or girls. So I guess that's the double-edged sword of that as well is being too vocal. The stigma don't allow you to be too vocal. You. You say too much and everybody's going to think you're off your damn rocker and unable to handle your calls and that's not it at all. So back to the subject, I apologize, I kind of got off the track. Recognizing trauma and tragedy. Our trauma happens to us. That's, that's the thing about trauma, it happens to us. Um, being exposed to something and we over and we bleed the tragedy into our and it becomes trauma it becomes our trauma because we're not releasing our tragedy we're not seeing it as a tragedy we're we start working it so hard and we're so attached and i'm not telling guys and girls dispatchers fire i'm not telling you don't be symptomatic to your feelings and to your call but we have to learn to talk you know we have to learn to after the call goes on you're like damn dude that was rough are you feeling that yeah i'm feeling it too man that was that was pretty jacked up and just have a conversation and you'll be you you will be amazed how that releases I know I was guilty of, I'd go on a call and I'd get, bam, I'd, 
zone in and I'm working this damn thing. I'm just like, hey. And I, and I really found my niche in property crimes. I, uh, the sex crimes and stuff, they, that shit's hard mentally. And uh, But I love chasing property crimes. Because I always looked at it like can't stand a thief. So you asked me for it, I'll give it to you. But if you take it, we got problems. And then you got these people out here working nine to five or whatever their shifts are but they're working 60 hours a week to put that tv in their living room and some guy with an addiction takes it and but anyway i, I really worked the property crime and i would take it serious i take it personal and it wasn't personal i can sit here and say now that it was a tragedy that they lost their shit that people were coming in and invading their privacy it's a tragedy, and I can still work. I could have still worked those cases with empathy to get them solved, but I didn't have to feel they had been violated. I felt what they felt, and then I would feel guilty because I have these other cases that I'm working, and, well, if I could have solved them, that might have been this guy. Man, or if I'm quicker, if I get quicker, if I, if I just work longer hours i can solve these cases quicker and that might be the same guy that broke into this and then i can get their tv or i can get their jewelry i can get their wedding ring and that tragedy contributed to my trauma so we might get into something where we're dispatchers you know, the often overlooked voices of hope. I've said my, my when I was in, in the career, I'd make jokes about there ain't no way I'm going to be a dis. ain't no way I could dispatch. I'd push the button and yell fire, you know, and hope somebody answered because there's no way I could sit and listen the way they do they bring in all this information and, and either out of their voice or through their fingers they're they're comprehending what is being said and releasing that information to get the help out there and then they're stuck behind that radio and nine times out of ten not knowing what the outcome is and uh, so they carry that aspect through their careers you know their heart drops too when you're yelling officer down or shots fired or get a medic rolling or in, their heart drops just as much as the guy responding to the except we're we're running code and they can't so does that become their trauma or is that their tragedy so you want to see where i'm going you're just like well i guess that'd be their trauma the tra it's happening to one of their own. It's a it's a tragedy. But nobody well, they don't talk to nobody either. I heard somebody say just the other day she's got her demons too. In my heart, I, I didn't say nothing to her. Maybe I should have. But my heart dropped. Because I know in a home of first responders, 
in a home of law enforcement, fire. Those demons walk around in the living room and they go unaddressed. They they go. They just don't get addressed, and the next thing you know, that demon is huge. But so we, how do we learn to deal with our trauma next to our tragedy? How do what do we do? I think we get more. For me, what I'm learning, you know, mine, I allowed mine to, I'm just now seeing it, I should say. I'm just now learning these things about myself, and I'm sharing that information. So, but what I'm learning is our peer groups, our peer counselors. Um, I think maybe you have AA meetings for guys who drink and, and addictions you don't see nothing for the first responders. You don't, you don't see anything mostly because we probably wouldn't show up because of the fact, oh, I'm Mr. Moncho. I don't need that shit. And well, Mr. Moncho, you need that shit. You got to get it off of you because the weight is heavier than a Mack truck. Because like Miley, Miley Cyrus would say, come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. So we have to start, as we're seeing things, being more vocal. Our peer groups, our peer guys in our administration coming down and taking that blanket of that stigma off of, oh, well, you know, you can't say nothing. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You got to get loud. And uh, by being loud, you bring awareness not only to your own, but to others. If you've got leaders who have taken the peer counseling courses and or whatever, and you know, I keep if me and a friend, if he calls me, I've I've had a couple of phone calls. I'm no counselor, I'm no therapist, but I'm a guy going through it. I don't know if you ever heal from it. But I know it gets easier. Some days. Now some days I'm right back to square one. It gets easier to talk about. Because I don't want any of my. any Anybody wearing the badge. Or the fire. Or dispatchers. or I don't want you guys wearing. Carrying this guilt. This blanket of. Weight, so I just don't want you guys carrying that. So that's why I'm I'm loud and and I'm trying to educate myself about my own stuff and get everybody else educated and at least share a little bit of knowledge. So learning. With that being said, I will get back to my point. I ramble a lot today. Is the come? I'm willing to. I'll answer my phone and I'll talk, or I'll listen. I'll come sit in your garage and I'll listen to you. You know, I know, I, I get what it feels like. I know what it feels like to drink, see what's in the bottom of the bottle. Trying to get the quiet, trying, just trying to find the numb. I get it. 
and also can just sit there and we can just sit there I don't care whatever you need because helping you helps me that makes sense so back to the beginning of the <laughs> I apologize again but um we uh learning our traumas maybe this week kind of take a little bit of time and, and if you're going calls okay is this a tragedy or you know how did this get in your car after it's over with and, and you kind of okay how how do i feel this i guess that's probably be how i'd put it is when you're in your car and you're the call's over and it's time to unwind how do i feel about this whatever this is you know and there's we were taught to role play remember that guys and girls don't go creepy on me as you respond to a call role play it well if this happens how am I gonna if this is even if you just out patrol and you have to be responding to a call but if this happened this is how I'm gonna respond and point being is we talk to ourselves, we prepare When it's all said and done and we're sitting in our car and we're driving away from the scene or we get down or we're doing reports or however, have a moment, take your breath. Yes, you have a job to do. Yes, you got to go home to your babies. Yes, you have to protect the community under the oath that you swore under. But you also got you, your number, you, without you, there's none of the rest of it. Okay, Warriors, I think I'm going to shut up. I have rambled enough today. I hope some of this makes sense. If hope some of it does to you. Remember just to evaluate the trauma to the tragedy. And their tragedy is not yours. You can feel, you can feel the empathy, but you don't have to carry it. If you could... Tune back in for next month. I got. I'll have a special guest who's been through some stuff, and um, we'll hear how he addresses things, how he's addressing things, um, how he walks through his every day, and, and still is able to and do the things that he does. And I think it's going to be a great conversation. He's a great young man who's, who's been through been through the the law enforcement ups and downs and great father and a business owner and he, he's it's just good people again we want to thank burn in woodworks for the donation and the private donation i forgot to mention the private donation came in to help buy some equipment and that was very well appreciated and being used stay tuned for the next warrior within first responder mental health Thank you guys. God bless and goodbye.